So Ligue 1, match day 26 was played over the weekend. Uh, 10 games, of course, um, six red cards. Uh, definitely entertaining and uh, somewhat controversial of, uh, of the weekend. Uh, but also only one win at home uh, for Paris Saint-Germain. Um, and, and otherwise, uh, what was it? One, two, three, four, five wins away from home. Uh, an entertaining league, four, uh, four draws. And like I said, at the bottom, it's really, really tight. And then up front, you know, Paris Saint-Germain is flying. But then behind, still that battle between Nice and Marseille. You can't really um, apparently get away from each other. And then under that, Strasbourg, Rennes, Lens. There's a bit going on. It's going to be a, a very good uh, end of season. Nice little last 12 games to go on to uh, to finish the season. Uh, anyway, let's go to the first game that was this weekend and uh, and the most entertaining game, the one with the most goals. Uh, it was Montpellier against Rennes and Rennes who won 4-2 at La Mousson. The goal scorer Martin Terrier at the 8th minute, Benjamin Bourigeau at the 15th, Gaëtan Laborde on penalty at the 52nd and Lovro Majer at the 84th for Rennes. Ambrose, Ambroise excuse me, Oyongo scored the 19th minute for Montpellier and Elie Wahi at the 41st as well for the host. A game that was dominated um, almost through and through by, uh, by Rennes, but also a game where they got scared. I mean, you know, I was, uh, I was watching the game, I was live tweeting and I was saying, oh, if Rennes plays like this, when Rennes plays like this, there's absolutely nothing Montpellier can do when it's 1-0 after 10 minutes, 2-0 after 15, uh, and it looks like it's already done and dusted. And then, you know, slowly Montpellier kind of like digested it and, and, and started defending a little bit higher and started to pushing a little bit higher. And now it's it's 2-1 with a bit of luck. And now it's 2-2. And now they're starting putting pressure on, on Pep Genesio and his men. Unfortunately for uh, for Montpellier, they come back in the second half. Rennes, they are strong as as usual. And, and they get the chances. And at one point, Omelin can't keep saving them. Uh, Rennes, before that game, had lost their five away games. Um, they lost the Coupe de France against Nancy. Then they lost in, in Lens, in Monaco, in Clermont, and in Paris last week. So it's also a, a good win for them to be able to uh, to get the three points away from home. Again, we've seen the talent, uh, you know, from from Berger Melling at, the, at left back to uh, to Santa Maria in the midfield. Um, Lovro Maggier, of course, with a, with a beautiful uh, last goal after a little one-two. Um, with I think it was with Bourigeau. Bourigeau, who's that right winger turn um, playmaker when he wants to. There's a lot of talent. They are probably the most entertaining team in Ligue 1 right now. It's uh, it's going to be um, interesting to see them playing um, in the Europa League, uh, who starts in, uh, in a couple of weeks for them. Um, see how they cope with playing every three every three days, especially games that they actually want to win. Uh, but as far as it, as it goes, Genesio is... Um, successful this season, uh, you know. Interestingly enough, I speak about, I spoke about um, Omari, Juan Omari a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he wasn't in his best form against Montpellier. Uh, on the couple of uh, couple of opportunities, he made a couple of mistakes, and one of them actually cost a goal. He was a bit tender, I think, on that defensive effort uh, on Elewai. But um, but other than that, Rennes has the talent, like, as we said before. Um, it's interesting that um, Laborde is not as good a striker as he was at the beginning of the season. I mean, he scored on penalty, but he's not finding his form or his impact. But you got a guy like Sedou Gerasi who scored a couple of goals last week and, and who, when he comes in, is also a, a dangerous player to uh, to have up front. So, so Rennes looking shiny. Montpellier, it's a bit of a, a missed opportunity because 
it was the chance to be the the one team that was going to sort of stay stuck up front and, and they missed that one um and uh and it looks you know it looks like it's i guess the it was probably about the last chance i mean they're only they're only six points away from ren right um but if they had won they would be right with ren uh, at the sixth position and now they're 11th uh with uh with uh, an unflattering um goal difference of only plus three when in front of them monaco has plus 10 strasbourg plus 17 uh ren plus 26 um so yeah so that's um that was the, the first game of the weekend it started on a on a high note and uh and ren fully deserved that win um that sees them taking the the fourth spot on the table the next game was strasbourg against nice and nul nul was the result zero zero the first zero zero for strasbourg in 21-22, they had scored or conceded in every single game uh, until uh, until March 26, uh, and a game that saw two Nice players getting sent off uh, Dante at the 48th minute, and we know how important Dante is for the Nice defense. And Justin Cloyvert, although he was on the bench at the 85th minute after being subbed off, um, has been sent off as well uh, for uh, for descent. Uh, two players that have been important in the last couple of weeks and who are going to miss at least next week and, and maybe uh, a couple more games for Kloivert. Um, the stat that, I guess, hurts for Nice is uh, four shots and zero on target, while Strasbourg um, attempted 17 shots and six of them were on target. 64% ball possession for Strasbourg. Uh, again, uh, the curse the curse of the podcaster last week I speak about Christophe Galtier and how um, how great his uh, pressing has been. And then the very next game, he just parks the bus the same way he did it against uh, Paris Saint-Germain during the, the French Cup. I mean, we know that Strasbourg is dangerous up front, but um, I was really surprised to see Nice defending that much. Um, you know, they can really thank um, Benitez for, uh, for the 0-0 because he's made uh, quite a few decisive saves. And um and yeah, I was I was actually very surprised to see Galtier playing this defensively, not even trying to um go a little bit higher or to keep the bit, a bit of the ball, really leaving Strasbourg do the whole thing and trying to get them into counter attack, but having too little counter attack to really matter. Strasbourg can have regrets. They did dominate the the third of the on the table and, and they did deserve maybe a better result than this. Um but it's good to see Julien Stefan, you know, um stick to his guts and uh, and not playing sheepishly when he's when he's hosting um, one of the leaders. Of course, you know, once Dante gets his red card at the 48th minute, it's hard to ask of Nice to play a little bit um, more forward because we know the importance of the Brazilian defender for Nice. But still, I guess I was a little bit disappointed to see uh, a team coach by Christophe Galtier playing that way against um, somebody that, you know, any other game should be a game that they can actually win if they play the right way. That's how we decided to go. Um, the game finished at 0-0, and uh, I think uh, Nice can uh, can can you know thank their keeper and can feel lucky and relieved that they didn't lose that game in Alsace. Paris Saint-Germain against Saint-Étienne is the next game, and like I said, the only home win of the weekend. Paris won 3-1 against Saint-Étienne with uh, with a brace for Kylian Mbappé and a goal for Danilo Pereira that came to answer a first goal that was scored by Denis Buanga. Saint-Étienne started actually really well and really caused problems to that Paris Saint-Germain defense. And, you know, very much like last week, we could see the issues that 
Danilo, um, Danilo, no, that Tilo Kerrer has defending Danilo Pereira, of course, the, the goal comes from him and from a, a bad pass from him that is intercepted and, and leads straight to the goal. You know, Kim Pembe actually has a good game and a few um, sort of last chance tackles that, he, that were successful. But again, it all came from issues in the placement tactics, um, just not the right thing. And you're playing against the former bottom of the league team. You have to be a bit better. You have to be able to control. Halftime comes, um, you know, Mbappé had um, level just before halftime. And then in the second half, all of a sudden, Paris Saint-Germain takes control, really do. Uh, Messi wakes up, um, the ball goes a bit more through the little Argentine and he starts distributing assists. It looks like every single one of his passes was going to be an assist. Uh, he does give a couple to, to Mbappé and then um, and then Paris Saint-Germain is up and then what do you do? Mbappé comes with that um, stroke of genius, that exterior of the right foot cross for Danilo Pereira that, that he heads in. And then the break is made and all those intentions tries to push, you know, uh, get some more strikers in. And, um, you know, very, very good to see that actually under Pascal Dupras, they don't hesitate to go and, and try and get a result. In the capital, I mean, you know, what do they have to lose, right? They're already too, too good to go down. They have to try and find a way to come back. Uh, but it, but I was, you know, um, impressed. Maybe it's a big word, but I was happy to see how saint uh played. It's the end of a little series for them. They were undefeated in four games. Um, and now they have lost, which uh, which put them at level with everybody else at the bottom. Um, but it was a, a good a good show for Lever. For Paris, um, it's uh, it's almost the win that gives them the title. I reckon they are now 15 points away from Marseille. Um, at 12 12 games away from the end of the season, you don't see them losing that many points. You know, when it was 10 points, maybe you think if Marseille beats them, if Nice beats them, could could make it a contest. But right now, it doesn't look like they're touchable, and also offensively they are now almost convincing they start to develop some real um some real football i mean neymar is the bit of the uh the ugly duck but i think it's also because he just comes back from injury but he, he does lose a lot of balls he lose he lost way too many balls against indigen um but as far as di maria messi mbappe goes it looks like it's uh it's all green lighted and and it's good because it's uh real madrid in 10 days and and before that they play against nice it's going to be a, a bit of a challenging couple of weeks for Paris. They have to be informed to face it. They can count on Mbappé because he just scored a brace. They can count on Messi and his assists. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see that um, game at Santiago Bernabeu and if Paris can get out of it. If they can't get out of it, I think we're going to have to talk about the consequences of what being eliminated from the Champions League will mean for them this season. But hopefully they can keep that one goal advantage that they I got at the last minute in the Parc des Princes, and we can see them going a bit further in the competition. Monaco and Reims were playing at the Stade Louis II, and Monaco thought they had the win until the 84th minute, when Kevin Volant scored an own goal, and at the 93rd minute, Nathaniel Mboukou stole it for Reims. Peñeder had scored first at the 55th minute, but this end of the game was a nightmare for the home squad. Between both goals from Reims, uh, Jean-Lucas, the midfielder, got red-carded as well. Came to, you know, it tarnished the, the, the party a little bit. That goal from Benyeder was Monaco's 3,500 goal uh, in the history of Monaco, which is a, a nice little milestone. Um, they are only the fourth team in Ligue 1 to reach that milestone. So for a bit of history for you guys. The first team to reach it was Marseille, who have now scored 4,111 goals. 
Saint-Étienne has now scored 3,844 goals and Bordeaux have 3,742 goals to their name, just for you to see the, the clubs that have been in um, top tier in France for the longest time. So Monaco had scored there 3,500, 3, I don't know how to say that in English exactly, but anyway, 3,500 goals is how much they scored after Benier there had uh, put his in. Uh, but that wasn't enough for the, the club of the Principality. Who, uh, who literally crashed at home in the five minutes of the game. Uh, I mean, kudos kudos to Reims for having been patient. Um, but Monaco, 70% possession, um, a lot of opportunities, just not able to catch the target, not able to score. Um, and, and that's a bit sad because Reims had more than one mistake in them during the game and uh, really almost invited Monaco uh, to come and score. And then uh, that, that fluky goal, fluky on goal from Volant that very silly double yellow card in like five minutes by Jean-Lucas and uh, and Mbuku only too happy to uh, to come and put the dagger in at the 93rd minute uh, again what it means for Monaco is seeing the European spot leaving again it means that uh, Philippe Clément just is struggling to really get results week in week out uh, for Reims it's definitely an awesome little ball of fresh air coming their way they need to put uh, a bit more room between them and the, the bottom of the table. And, and it's done now. They have 31 points. So they're nine points away from relegation, uh, which is, you know, something that I needed. Again, a, a pretty inconsistent team. But um, that win at Louis II is something that not a lot of teams are going to be able to secure in the end of the season. So them doing it is uh, is going to help them survive this one more season in Ligue 1 for Monaco. You know, you want you want him to have all the time that he needs, Philippe Clément, but we just don't see quite the results. They are playing a little bit better defensively. They seem a little bit stronger, but mind you, then they then they concede two in the last five minutes. Um, yeah, we, we don't see yet what made uh, Clément successful at um, Club Bruges. Hopefully, we'll uh, we'll see it before the end of the season. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, it's going to be hard for him to start next season already with. Um, expectation that is going to fail, but we'll see. It's a it's a story for another time. For this one, uh, Monaco lost two one at home against Reims, and the, the club from Champagne is celebrating. Next up, Clermont against Bordeaux, and a one one finish. Uh, Clermont who uh, who get some nice results against the historic club after their win in Marseille last week. Uh, they just grab a point at home against Bordeaux. Uh, Guilavogui had scored first for Bordeaux at the 13th minute. His first goal since, I think, 2013 is the last time he scored in Liga. Uh, of course, he's, he's played um, outside of France uh, until now. And um, Elbashan Rachani had a leveled for Clermont. Interestingly enough, uh, we're seeing Bordeaux getting better and better. We're seeing a lot of better things, actually, under Guillon. The defense seems a bit stronger, even though they, they conceded. Um, one more time, they're still um, chasing that first clean sheet of the season that they haven't. There's going to be a bit of celebration, I reckon, when they finally get their clean sheet. Uh, but we are seeing a bit more solidity. We are seeing, uh, you know, the new recruits um, sort of playing well together. Uh, this weekend, it was uh, it was three people in defense, three um, players in defense with Marcelo Amelodzic and Gregersen. Uh, Gilavogui and Onana is actually a nice little looking defensive midfield and then it's just about making sure that you know at up front it was Udin Hadley and Wang 
um, once, um, what's his name? Sorry, once Ellis comes back, it's going to bring a little bit more dynamite up front and hopefully for Bordeaux, they'll be able to, uh, to reap the result of their hard work. For now, it's, uh, it's only 1-1. Uh, in front of them, Clermont, you know, although they got a, a result, they were a little bit less, um, I'd say, less inspired than they were last week against, uh, against Marseille. Um, they were just not very dangerous. They, they did play good football, but they weren't very dangerous. Um, Bordeaux has shown that they can win those games. They have to win those games to be able to save themselves. Uh, they've been actually all right on set pieces, which is good to see because Guillaume um, is probably bringing that to Bordeaux because they haven't been great on set pieces since the beginning of the season. Um, so yeah, two two draws since David Guillaume sat on the bench in Bordeaux and hopefully he can um, keep it that way. For, for Clermont, it's an important point because uh, same thing, it gives them just a little bit of air to try and uh, and keep working and, and at staying in Ligue 1. Uh, those two teams are at the bottom, of course. Uh, Bordeaux with 22 points and Clermont with 28 points. Can can see a little bit more coming their way. Brest, Lorient, the next game and a win for Les Merlus in one of those uh, Brittany derby that there is so many of in uh, Ligue 1. It was the first win away for the season um, for Lorient. Uh, they hadn't won away yet. And he came thanks to their um, window, their transfer window recruit Ibrahim Akone, who scored at the 73rd minute. Of course, he was helped by a red card given early on to Brendan Chardonnay for Brest at the 29th minute. Chardonnay was the captain of Brest as well, of course. Uh, it's a good win, uh, you know, of course, as soon as um, Brest was down to 10 men, Lorient kind of took over, um, kind of started dominating. Before that, Brest had, had a couple of opportunities. Uh, we're not going to see a, a fourth goal for Satriano this week, but he was playing, and so was Belaili and Honora and and Del Castillo. So they were playing; they were here to get a, a result. Brest um, at home, of course, but uh, but it didn't work out their way. Um, good, good score, good result for Lorient, who get out of the relegation zone, um, who get a first positive score in uh, in six or seven game, I think. And and you know, it's not again yet as convincing as we would like it to be. Uh, but it can only help them going to the into the right the right direction. Um, Terem Mofi played just not as good as is you know as we expect him to be. He was such a such a promise last season. He hasn't really convinced this season. Loriente is slowly going back into the rhythm of being the the winger or the striker that we know he is. But they got the help of uh, of Ibrahim Akone this weekend, and uh, that's a crucial three point that they need to to have in order to stay in Ligue 1, them as well. Um, good win for Lorient away from home, and, uh, and Brest is going to have to keep fighting if they don't want to keep going down on the, on the table there, ranked 12th right now. Angers against Lens was uh, played in Angers, and Lens won 2-1 despite Angers scoring first by Fulgeni. Lens um, equalized at the 74th minute, with an own goal by Batista Mendy, and then um, took the, the three points thanks to a goal from Jonathan Kloss three minutes later. It's all It all looked like a bit of a nightmare for Angers, who played well, um, you know, even dominated. Uh, beautiful goal by Fulgini um, after a nice little assist by Buffal. But then um, within 10 minutes, Mohamed Alicho um, gets a yellow card Second yellow card for simulation. So uh, Stroh is, is sent off at the 69th minute. 
Bufal gets a yellow for contestation. You can see that the team is sort of coming out of the game. Um, then Petkovic made a pretty bad mistake. Uh, and, and following that mistake, uh, a bit of a, a bit of a scruffle into the defense and the ball ricocheted on Menji and goes into his own goal. Uh, three minutes later, a, a cross by Klos, who looks more like a cross than a goal, but Petkovic is not really on his line and, uh, and, and the ball goes between him and, and the crossbar and that shouldn't happen to a goalkeeper of this level. You know, as, as a reminder, they had Bernardoni who's playing well for Southampton right now and they decided to loan him out because they thought Petkovic was the guy defensively looks a little bit better for Angers. Ebos has had a good game. Um, so did Traoré, Menji. You know, if you remove the own goal, uh, he, he wasn't that bad. Offensively, it's a bit better than what we've seen recently. But, um, you know, when it doesn't go your way, it doesn't go your way. And, and those 15 minutes were quite cruel for um, for Angers. For Lance, of course, it's a good result. Um, it's, it's not the Lance that we've seen um, you know, around December, who was so um, dominating, you know, it's uh, it's only two shots on target and um, and one of them is the goal. Of course, the, the on goal doesn't count as a shot of target. Um, they barely get the possession. They got 53% of possession, but we expect so much more from a team like Lens. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a it's been a rough month for Les Saint-Réor and, and hopefully for uh, Frank Ez and, and his players. They are slowly seeing the end of it. They are slowly coming back to it. Um, because um, they can still fight for European football. You know, they're only ranked sixth, three points away from Strasbourg and Rennes. Uh, they just have to be able to get a few more results coming that way. It's, uh, it's three time, three games undefeated right now. Uh, they have to keep it that way. For Angers, it's a bit of the other side of the, the coin, right? It's, uh, it's a fifth, row, fifth defeat in a row, sorry. Uh, it's not something that you like to see. Um, it's not something that they particularly deserve sometimes because they play some good football. Uh, but it's something that they definitely have to uh, find remedy to. Yeah, it's uh, six defeats in a row. It's uh, nine games, nine league games without a win. Um, they have to do something about it because uh, with what they shown at the beginning of the season, you would expect Gerald Bacicli and his team to uh, to be a little bit higher up on the table. Trois against Marseille uh, is our one game before last uh, and the final score 1-1. Dimitri Payet scored on penalty early on and uh, Tuzgar equalized at the very end of the game for Trois. Um, a 1-1 that is somewhat deserved. Um, you know, Marseille had the most of the domination, but again, as we've seen in the past few weeks, uh, just struggled to really change them into real opportunity. Uh, they only could find the target three times, and by uh, three times it was Payet on set pieces, one of the penalty that went in, of course, and a couple of free kicks. You know, this time um, Trois can actually take advantage of Marseille not scoring and and comes back into the dying seconds of the game, and it's the kind of points that you know Marseille can will be able to regret at the end of the season if they don't make the the Champions League, if they don't finish second, because they they could be away from Nice already. They could have five or six points. Um, they could be five or six points ahead of Nice, and they are just wasting all those opportunities. It's you know, it's again a game where we don't really see Marseille shining. Uh, Payet is good without being extraordinary. Same can be said of Gendouzi, who spent a lot of time um, arguing with referees, uh, and in front of them, Trois just just did what they had to do, defended well. You know, Marseille is almost lucky to get a penalty because it comes from a very very silly tackle from Bade who. He doesn't have to tackle where he tackles and the angle of the um, 
of the box. And if it was a real defender, he would definitely never be tackling there. Uh, it is a penalty, but he should never um, he should never do a slight tackle to start with. Um, we'll see, you know, for Troy, it's a good point because it allows them not to be a point behind everybody else at the bottom. Um, it's it's a point that they, you know, they went to fight for. It's a point that maybe he's a bit lucky because if Marseille was a little bit more persistent um, offensively, I don't know how long Troyes were going to be able to um, to push them away because there are a few a few um, a few empty space, a few holes in that Troyes defense to to say the least. Um, you know, at the beginning of the season, I, I thought they were going to be the team that was going to impress us, the promoted team that was going to stay in Ligue 1 um, with no questions asked. Now, even with the change of coach, um, you know, it looks like they need a little bit more in that Troyes team, and uh, and I don't know if they'll be able to find it between now and the end of the season. 3-1, Marseille 1 was the result uh, in the Champagne region. And for Marseille, it's uh, it's time to stop wasting opportunities and, and stop losing points um, when they could, again, have a nice little cushion to be able to play the Champions League next season. And the last game of the weekend was Lyon against Lille, a game that was somewhat, I'm not going to say boring, but just on a, on a pretty low rhythm. And that's mainly because of Lille. Lille won 1-0 at the Groupama Stadium. Um, thanks to a goal by their um, Swiss, I think he is Swiss or Danish. I'm sorry, I can't remember. Um, Good Bonson, who uh, who scored a goal on on almost the only opportunity that that Lille had. Uh, Good Bonson. It's um, you know it's it's not the only opportunity, but it's six shots, two on target for Lille, 21 shots, eight on target for for Lyon, uh, and that is not an exaggeration. That is what happened during the game. Lyon was just dominating, and Lille decided to. Uh, to win the game a la Galtier, some would say, uh, defending well, um, just just working hard. Um, like uh, like Baptiste said on Twitter, Baptiste, my uh, my mate from Le Classic, uh, a nice little piece of shithousery from, from Cheka the whole, the whole game long, uh, and some good defensive as well from Cheka. Um, Jose Fonte, his, uh, his importance in the Lille defense just can't be overstated. Uh, he's just always here to make sure that uh, that defense is stable and doesn't, you know, run into the risk of uh, of losing a game at the very last minute. Um, but yeah, a good win for Lille. They scored the 35th minute and then they did well to uh, to hold it the way it was the score. Lyon will, can, should have regrets. Um, there's a few opportunities there by Fevre, by Tokoe Gambi, by, by Kadewere. They just can't miss those ones. They have to be able to, to bury them. At the very end, there's a bit of controversy whereas um, Leo Jardim, the goalkeeper from Lille, can shoot on the floor when he tries to, to clear a ball, which means he can't clear the ball. Um, there's a little bit of contact between him and Paqueta, and then Paqueta gets the ball and, and scores. The referee gives the goal, and then um, minutes later, he's sort of being convinced to go and see the VAR, although it looks like at first he says he doesn't want to see the VAR. Um, he's convinced that he goes and checks the VAR, and he gives the free kick instead of giving the goal. I don't think it's a foul. I think it's a bit rough on, on um, our friends Legone on that one. But that's what the referee decides, and and now it means Lille gets the game, gets the three points, uh, kind of sent you know sent Lyon again through a loop. Uh, Lyon before the game was two points ahead of Lille, and now they're a point behind them. They're tenth on the table. Uh, Lille is nicely at the at the eighth place, and I don't know that it is deserved on a game like this. You know, Govenek at the end, the coach from Lille said it himself. For once, things are going our way a little bit, and and we're not going to complain. Uh, but at least we uh, he said we played like. Um, like bearded men, which, uh, which no, sorry, like men with moustache, which I'm assuming where he's from. 
means like uh, like real men somehow. If if that's still a thing in uh, if that's still a saying that we can use in 2022. Uh, but yeah, that was his reaction uh, post game. Um, not mine. Um, so yeah, so that's uh, that's what Lille did really. They played defensively. They just waited uh, for Lyon waves and they tried and pushed them back, pushed them back, pushed them back. Uh, and it worked for them. I feel like most of the time it wouldn't work, but but it worked for them. Lille was the only team in the top 11 who has a, uh, a negative goal difference, 33 goals for 35 goals against. Um, they are also the, the worst attack in the top 12. And it's not something that we're used to when you have Jonathan David and uh, Borak Ilmaz and Adam Benarfa in, uh, in your attacking lineup. But this is the, the reality of Lille this season. Um, of course, both those teams have European games coming. Uh, Lille lost in Chelsea uh, last week and they have the, the second leg next week. In, in 10 days, should I say. And Lyon will play against Porto. So plenty on their plate for them too. Uh, but as it's 10, Lille was the one who was able to... Uh, to get the better of Lyon at the Groupama Stadium. And uh, Lyon is going to have a bit of work to do to bounce back from those results. That's it for the 10 games in Ligue 1. Look at the table. I, I talked about it during most games, but Paris Saint-Germain is on top with 62 points, followed by Marseille, 47, Nice, 46. And then we have Rennes and Strasbourg at 43 points each. At the bottom of the table, Troyes, Metz, Saint-Étienne and Bordeaux, all with 22 points. Just two units behind Lorient. And then there's a bit of a gap and, and Clermont and Angers are with 28 and 29 points. A little bit away from the relegation zone. The game for next weekend, um, Lorient is playing against Lyon. Lens is playing against Brest. Uh, a very um, a very interesting Nice Paris Saint-Germain coming up. A revenge of the, uh, of the Coupe de France game. Uh, Saint-Etienne is playing against Metz. Nantes, Nantes Montpellier. Reims, Strasbourg. Rennes, Angers. Bordeaux 3, uh, who the, the loser is going to not have a good weekend. Uh, Lille against Clermont. And the weekend will finish with Marseille-Monaco. Of course, between now and next weekend, there will also be the two semi-finals of the Coupe de France, the French Cup, on um, Tuesday night uh, in, in France. Wednesday morning here, Nice is playing against Versailles, uh, a club of four tier in, in France. And the day after, Nantes is playing against Monaco for a spot in the final. Uh, no Paris in final for the first time in, in seven years. It's a bit of a, a bit of a story in itself. And we'll see if it's going to be a, a French Riviera duel between Nice and Monaco. Or maybe a surprise, you know, a fourth tier club Versailles against, uh, against Nantes would be a, a good final. Uh, if we look at the um, leaders as far as goal, Ben Yedder with his goal, Resisted the comeback of Mbappé. Benyedder has 15 goals. Mbappé 14. And behind it's um, the Rennes duo Laborde and Terrier with 13 goals each. Uh, and in the assists, um, the Paris player are leading Mbappé and Messi both up front with 10 assists each. Followed by Payet and Close with 9 assists each. Thank you very much for listening to Casseleline one more time. Uh, Jeremy Magan, your host, always a pleasure. To be here with you hope you enjoyed the episode feel free to get in touch via twitter or uh, or facebook or, or anywhere uh, and i'll happily answer your question in the meantime enjoy french football enjoy the coupe de france this week and i will talk to you again next week thank you bye bye Merci. <laughs>